Welcome to Now Charleston. I'm Sam Spence. It's Wednesday, March 23rd. Now Charleston takes a look at a handful of stories three times a week and tells you why they are important. U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham questioned Supreme Court nominee Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson on Tuesday. Congressman Jim Clyburn has filed for re-election for his 16th term. He says he's committed to serving another two years. The search for South Carolina's men's basketball coach concludes, but after a few unexpected twists. Those stories and more, starting now. But first, I've got an announcement. Now Charleston is, as of today, a finalist for Best of Charleston. This is super exciting, but uh, a little funny for me because I spent more than nine years at the city paper, and for a bunch of those years in a row, I managed Best of Charleston. Shout out to Samantha Connors, the current web editor. Voting opens today and runs through April 14th, I believe. You can cast your ballot at bestof.charlestoncitypaper.com. A few of y'all told me you nominated the show, and I really appreciate that. I'd be even more grateful if you could go ahead and, and cast your votes again today. So, now Charleston, best local podcast, nominee, bestof.charlestoncitypaper.com. Go vote. Thanks. U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham questioned Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson for his allotted 30 minutes Tuesday during hearings to consider her nomination for the U.S. Supreme Court. Jackson is the first black woman ever nominated to the Supreme Court. She is 51 years old, attended Harvard Law School, and she's currently a federal appeals court judge in Washington, D.C. Graham, like many of his colleagues, framed questions around political issues and previous confirmation hearings. Other senators spent huge amounts of time discussing Your Jackson's faith, handling of sex offender convictions. Here's concern. Graham. How would you feel if somebody up here on our side said, you know, you attend church too much for me or your faith is a little bit different to me, and they would suggest that it would affect your decision. Would you find that offensive? Senator, I'm... I'm... I would if I were you. I found it offensive when they said it about Judge Barrett. The reason I ask these questions is I have no doubt that your faith is important to you, and I have zero doubt that you can adjudicate people's cases fairly if they're an atheist. If I had any doubt, I would, I would say so. But the only reason I mention this, Judge, you're reluctant to talk about it because it's uncomfortable. Just imagine what would happen if people on late-night television called you an effing nut speaking in tongues because you practiced the Catholic faith in a way they uh, couldn't relate to or found uncomfortable. Judge so, Jackson Judge, got Biden's nomination over... Uh, U.S. District Judge Michelle Childs from South Carolina, who was Congressman Jim Clyburn's preferred candidate, as well as Graham's. Uh, in in your nomination, did you notice that people from the left were pretty much cheering you on? A lot of people were cheering me on, That's Senator. True. That's true. Did you know that a lot of people from the left were trying to destroy Michelle Childs? Did you notice that? Senator, a lot of people were supporting various people for this nomination. Did you notice how Senator Graham frames everything like a question? Did you know that? Blah, blah. I don't know what the exact rules of order are for the Senate Judiciary Committee, but some rules in these types of settings require back and forth interactions to be questions. So sometimes the, the colloquy gets kind of awkward. In the South Carolina State House, you hear it all the time. You hear people ask questions just so they can say something random, like, did you know that I think this law is a great idea? Something like that. You can kind of hear Graham falling back into that kind of thing. Anyway, 
but most of Graham's leading questions centered on Jackson's professional history, uh, using Jackson's service as an appointed defense attorney for Guantanamo Bay enemy combatants to probe policies in general around detention of, of accused terrorists, especially at Guantanamo Bay. Much of Graham's questioning seemed rhetorical, though. He would dash off one of those awkward questions, knowing or expecting Jackson to give a certain response and then just say, yeah, that's right, and launch into whatever policy item or previous confirmation hearing reference he wanted to make. Graham has not said if he's for or against Jackson's nomination yet. He has said he expects some Republicans to support Biden's nominee, though. So it's unknown how Graham is going to go on the final nomination vote or whether to advance her to the Senate floor. He'll get another 20 minutes to follow up with Jackson later this week. Congressman Jim Clyburn has filed for a re-election for a 16th term. Clyburn calls Santee, South Carolina home, about 45 minutes up I-26, but his district snakes from Charleston through the Midlands and into downtown Columbia. As the House Majority Whip, Clyburn remains the third-ranking Democrat in the U.S. House, and he's the highest-ranking black member of Congress altogether. Clyburn is 81, and he says he pays close attention to his health and listens to his daughters for advice on when to hang it up. Here's Clyburn to the AP. Quote, I've told him, if you ever see that I need to go to the rocking chair or spend my spare time on the golf course, let me know. And he goes on. And so far, they're telling me from what they feel in here, I should keep going, unquote. No one's filed to run against Clyburn in the Democratic primary. Any Republican challenger will be fighting an uphill battle as well against one of the highest ranking members in Congress and in South Carolina's only district drawn to be Democratic. One other filing of note, State Rep. Crystal Matthews, a Democrat from Ladson who's also running against U.S. Senator Tim Scott, said she'll also run to defend her seat in the state house. State law doesn't prevent anyone from running for more than one office at a time, but if she won, it would just be illegal for her to hold both offices at once. Filing for general election races closes on March 30th. The University of South Carolina men's basketball team has a new coach, Chattanooga coach Lamont Paris, but the process was a little less than smooth and has drawn a lot of attention over the past week. The Gamecocks fired coach Frank Martin after this past season, leaving them with an open chair on the bench. Initially, South Carolina looked at Sean Miller, the former Arizona coach. You, you, probably, you might have seen it on Twitter over the weekend, but he, or a lookalike with some South Carolina officials, was even spotted in Columbia last weekend, supposedly, while the school was interviewing candidates for the job. But ultimately, Miller passed on the job and ended up going to Xavier instead. Another candidate, Dennis Gates of Cleveland State, decided to go to Missouri. And yet another candidate, Furman's Bob Ritchie, backed out of consideration. Then USC officials traveled to Murray, Kentucky to talk to Murray State coach Matt McMahon. But after that, he decided to go to Louisiana State University. So the new Gamecocks coach is Lamont Paris, most recently a Chattanooga mock from the Southern Conference. The USC women's team is still on the hunt, by the way, in March Madness. They play the University of North Carolina on Friday in Greensboro. That's all I've got for you today. If you've got feedback for the show, you can leave me a voice message at 843-474-1319 or email sam at nowchs.com. If you can rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now, that would be a big help too. And as always, check nowcharleston.com for links and notes from today's show. To be sure you don't miss anything, follow twitter.com slash nowcharleston and instagram.com slash nowcharleston. And don't forget to vote at bestof.charlestoncitypaper.com. Thanks so much for listening. 
I'll be back Friday with the next Now Charleston.